In this episode of the Elevated Environments podcast, we'll cover Li-Fi, a cutting-edge internet delivery service to all of your devices through encoded light. Is this technology ready for prime time? We'll find out today in an interview with Ed Hybers and Flores Mason at Signify. Greetings, everybody. This is your host, Phil Ruane, at the Elevated Environments podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Really am grateful for you to be listening to us and all of the cool cutting-edge technology that we bring to your spaces. So I've got a question for you, dear listeners. What if your lights could, in addition to providing you useful illumination, provide you high-speed internet right to your laptop, your phone, or your computer? It sounds like a very futuristic and exciting technology, but not so much. It's happening today, and it's happening faster than I ever remember seeing it happen. One of the most important things about your office is internet access. We use it all day long. We need it. It's kind of like our lifeblood for commerce these days. And so the question becomes, how can you connect to the internet? Uh, Broadband internet can be delivered through wires and wirelessly. Now, for the longest time, your options were limited to Cat5 cables at big, clunky desktop computers. That was the delivery method of choice. But today, wireless has become more and more popular. Uh, Our devices have become more portable, and coverage and reliability of wireless networks have improved greatly. It's uh, wireless brings a lot of great benefits. It allows more convenient access and it allows for more mobility in spaces. It also allows people who are visiting your office to get onto the network pretty quickly. There are some cons, however. There are coverage issues that persist throughout a space and ranges, uh, the ranges have improved, but coverage can be a problem. The connection is slower than wired and it gets slower and more and more congested as more and more devices join the network. The connection is also less secure than wired, and this is a big, big deal. A lot of your web data can be seen by hackers as you're going through the wireless network. Now, I had heard this before, but in order to test this theory, I decided to Google how to hack a computer on a wireless network. And there are so many so-called ethical hackers out there that are willing to give you this information. All you need is a program and a few simple pieces of hardware. You'd be amazed how easy it is to crack into a wireless network and have visibility of computers on that network. It makes me think twice about logging onto the Wi-Fi network at that local coffee shop. There's also another potential con to wireless internet, and that is the issue of crowding or overcrowding. I mentioned that networks can slow down significantly when there are more and more devices being added to the network. All of them are adding more data requirements. Currently, there are 50 billion wireless devices that connect to the internet. There's a real concern that the radio waves themselves might be overcrowded. This is also a potential concern for smart buildings, which have a lot of wireless technology within them and connections that can't be encumbered by radio frequency crowding. What Li-Fi allows you to do 
is receive the internet to your device through encoded light waves. It's very, very fast. It's secure. In spite of the fact that it's wireless, it's far more secure than conventional Wi-Fi technology, which makes it a great fit for military bases and other high security applications. It also won't run out of space or crowd out as fast as conventional Wi-Fi is projected to. And it will help offload some of the crowding of traditional Wi-Fi networks. Now, Wi-Fi is an emerging technology. I remember visiting a light fair about three or four years ago and seeing a Wi-Fi fixture in the space. Frankly, I kind of remember being underwhelmed. Your fixture was tied to a smartphone that had an app that could read the visible light. You could dim the lights, but not too much, because reducing the light lower than about 20% would actually affect the connection from your light source to your phone. The promise at the time was for speeds of around 30 to 50 megabits per second, which is okay, but nothing special for an interior wireless connection, and it is in fact dwarfed by most uh, Wi-Fi connections at that time. Also, coverage was a big issue. If you move too far away from the light, you lose your signal. Now, Signify has addressed a lot of these problems with their new True Li-Fi solution. Instead of relying solely on visible light, they use an infrared broadcaster, resulting in a clearer and greater signal and a more consistent coverage. This way, architectural dimming no longer puts your connection to the internet in jeopardy. As of right now, it requires a USB-connected receiver to pick up the internet signal, but as the technology catches on and benefits become known, it's likely that those receivers may be pre-built into future connected products. Signify is positioning true Li-Fi as the perfect indoor companion to 5G, a high-speed cellular network that has trouble getting inside. It's time for Li-Fi's turn in the spotlight, so I invited Ed Hybers, the true Li-Fi segment leader in office and hospitality applications, and Floris Mason, the communications manager for true Li-Fi, onto the show to talk about true Li-Fi. So here we have on the line Ed Hybers and Floris Massen. It's good to have you gentlemen with us. Thank you for coming. How are you doing? Good. Uh, thanks thank for, having for, us. Uh, for having us, uh, Philippe. Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. Well, it's my pleasure. We always need experts on the Elevated Environment podcast, so we're so glad you came today. And uh, just some general questions about Li-Fi and uh, how long Signify been developing it and how did you come to your role in promoting Li-Fi? Starting with my background, I've been part of uh, Philips, which is now rebranded to Signify, I think, for almost uh, 20 years. So I've been a lighting guy in that sense. Um, so busy with all these lighting innovations, uh, sustainability, controls, and all these things. And my first touch point with Li-Fi, I think, was more than a decade ago. So the technology and the fact that Signify or Philips at that stage were looking at how to communicate with lighting is not new in that sense. Uh, so we've been experimenting this for years. And as part of the innovation team for the last, uh, whatever, I think seven or eight years, I've been dealing with new innovations, bringing new innovations to market. And three years ago, uh, I was asked to do the same for uh, for Li-Fi. And at that stage, we were really 
bringing the technology to the next level where we are today. So we've been dealing with the topic for a long time, but let's say the last three years we have accelerated uh, on this uh, a lot, I would say. That's cool because I remember seeing a prototype of Li-Fi at uh, Light Fair a couple years ago. And I remember that it, it just didn't seem like it was ready for prime time at that point. And forgive me if that's you know not true, but tell me how, how it's come along and what are some of the best applications for Li-Fi these days? I think that the, the product you saw a couple of years ago, so what we actually did in the beginning was bringing the technology from the research labs and innovation centers to, I would say, more the general public. Uh, the technology was around, but more in, in, in a, let's say, a background environment. And we thought it was very good to, to stimulate the market by bringing a product to market. And our first product was quite big, bulky, uh, maybe not that fast. And, and in the meantime, yeah, we, we grew to a portfolio with, uh, I would say, super fast Li-Fi solutions. So we, we went a long way. But we needed that first product basically to trigger the marketplace and to trigger people in thinking, hey, this Li-Fi, this might be something for us. And now we are very yeah, dealing with several applications. And maybe Floris can uh, elaborate a little bit on the applications we uh, are dealing with. Yeah, sure. So I came to Li-Fi, I think it was a... A year ago, just in, in, uh, at the start of the COVID situation here in the Netherlands. And I basically joined it because it is signifying, which has a big history in, uh, you know, in Philips. We've been around for quite a while, over a century. But at the same time, it's innovative. It's a small company. We, we see ourselves as a, as a small company, like 40, 50 people. And with something that's pretty unique uh, and something that is easy to explain. It's broadband internet connections over lighting. At the same time, that's really hard to explain because people say, what? I mean, really? Can this actually be done? And I live in, in, in Eindhoven, in the heart of Nerdville, as I always say, with really intelligent people. And everybody is genuinely surprised, like, wow, I didn't know this was, this, this was even possible. And if you see then the, the, the applications I talked about, it's a simple application sitting in your office, needing broadband connections because you do Teams all day, like we all do right now, right? working with heavy applications uh, and then sharing your Wi-Fi, your internet connections with the rest of the office or with the rest of your house that you can run into problems there. And that is where with Li-Fi, you can basically offload the Wi-Fi, for instance, you know, mm. or have dedicated places in, in an office where you can um, either work safely or you can work in a super fast way. This is the simple, I think, the simple side of, uh, of, of life where everybody can relate to this. And if you talk about the industrial um, uh, variant of Li-Fi, there it's where if radio is not an option due to the fact you're working in an industrial environment with a lot of interference from steel constructions or maybe things like operations like welding, which creates a lot of, uh, lot of radio interference, Li-Fi can be a great opportunity, a great solution there. Airliners, for instance, the same way. Um, we all know that you know, as soon as your uh, plane is, is taxiing to, uh, to go up in the air, shut off your, your cell phone because you possibly can interfere with, with sensitive equipment. Li-Fi is light, it's not radio, meaning the options for 4K gaming is what people do nowadays or want to do um, uh, in a plane. Sure. That could be an option. Working, you know, no interruption there. Very interesting. Well, let me let me ask you this, and and this is I kind of look at Li-Fi and I see it as competing a little bit with 
Wi-Fi. And there are going to be a lot of people who say, well, this is really cool and interesting technology. It's amazing that you can put data through lighting. But mm -hmm. I already have Wi-Fi, so what, what, do I, what do I need this really cool high-tech technology for? What would you say to someone like that? A lot of people are pretty satisfied with Wi-Fi. They sort of accepted the fact that on Monday morning when everybody is in the office, the Wi-Fi is working less good and that in some corner offices it doesn't work really well. And therefore, people have learned to deal with those limitations. And I think Li-Fi can solve that in cooperation with Wi-Fi. So we don't see Li-Fi as a competitor of Wi-Fi. I think these two systems can work hand in hand. The other aspect of, of Wi-Fi is it's a beautiful technology, but it goes through everything. So I'm in the home situation right now. I can see the Wi-Fi of my neighbors. And if you have a bank or a governmental institution, that means that your Wi-Fi, your network is basically on the street. And mm. this is where a lot of companies are concerned about the security aspect. And Li-Fi has this beautiful aspect, uh, sort of a physical layer security. I have Li-Fi now, by the way, in my home office. And you need to be physically in my home office to connect. So that gives an additional layer of security. So... In that sense, if people are happy with Wi-Fi, if it gives them what they need, then they should stick, stick with Wi-Fi. But I expect security, uh, stability of the network, especially when we see that every 18 to 24 months, our data usage is doubling uh, globally. Yeah. So the pressure yeah. on Wi-Fi and radio will be growing and growing and growing. And yeah, in that sense, I think we need all hands on deck. Um, so we will work together with the Wi-Fi manufacturers and the 5G manufacturers to provide connectivity wherever you need. And if I can give a really, so Ed was talking about security, there's a safety aspect in some cases to this as well. So imagine an ammunition bunker. Yeah. Right. You, you can't use radio there. Maybe Wi-Fi or 5G because it's really sensitive equipment, right? You don't, you don't want to blow up, uh, don't want to have a blow up in your face. That's why, uh, in those places, you can't use radio. So if you do ammunition maintenance, for instance, this all needs to go by hand right now. Uh, if you could automate this process with Li-Fi, for instance, because it's not radio, would be a huge benefit. So that is, it, it, in a sense, it can be really practical. So, uh, yeah, where in situation where radio doesn't work, for instance, Li-Fi is a great alternative. There is um, something, Ed, that you alluded to, greater network congestion, especially yeah. on Wi-Fi. I've, I've heard it said that current Wi-Fi bands can't even keep up with the growth of devices that are joining these networks. So there, there is a congestion problem that's upcoming. Yeah. I know that Li-Fi can address that, by offloading some of that congestion um, to the Li-Fi network. But could the same thing happen to Li-Fi networks as well? Now, the, the beauty of the technology is, again, that confined space. So if I have used exactly the same light frequency, uh, if you mm -hmm. would call it like this, in a room next to my room, that's fine because they cannot see each other and therefore they cannot interfere. So that's one nice aspect of Li-Fi. The other side is that the capacity we have on Li-Fi when it comes to how much data we can transfer is much higher. Um, let's say if you look at it from a physical or physics perspective, the wavelength is much shorter, so we can add much more data to it. 
And already, so all the, our current solutions, you could say, are on par with Wi-Fi and 5G yeah, in terms of speed and capacity. In our lab, we did 50 gigabits out of one LED. So we can create huge amounts of data flow with Li-Fi. So we have this, this, this spacing and we have basically overcapacity. And in the coming years, you will see that when you first saw it, I think we were at 30 megabits. We are now at 200 megabits. We have solutions uh, for industrial applications like Flores mentioned for 500, yeah. 600 megabits. And we will soon break the gigabit barrier. Um, so in that sense, in both directions, I think there is a lot of capacity left over. And what you, you the congestion, eh, the, 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 the providers call this the spectrum crunch. Um, yeah, that is something which we, I think, all can experience. Eh? Uh, in the past, we went to an airport a long time ago. Uh, so many people, so many devices is basically impossible to connect to the Wi-Fi of the airport. Right. It's congestion uh, in real life. Yeah, and so and, and to add to this, there's more and more devices coming online every day. So where we thought that AR and VR, so augmented reality or virtual reality, was a thing of playing around with stuff, right? For, for right. gaming, for instance. Now you see that AR and VR is applied in industries as well, for instance, for service and, um, and, and maintenance, meaning that people wear uh, VR glasses all day long. For instance, well, if you couple this with all the other devices that are on the same network, that's where you see the congestion coming. Now, to be clear, this technology, Li-Fi, does it affect how you can control a luminaire? Can you dim these luminaires down to 10% or conference room levels or anything like that? Yeah, we, we, let's say the first generation, we used a lot of visible light to communicate. We did see, however, see some limitations in terms of the speeds we could reach, but also the questions you have, like you want to dim the light, or if you have enough daylight coming into your office, you want to harvest that and dim your lights maybe, or switch them off. You still want to have connectivity. So what we currently see is um, the industry is moving and we already moved to infrared. Mm. That means there's an infrared unit in the luminaire or next to the luminaire where the Li-Fi comes from. And you can do with the lighting whatever you want. There's no uh, effect on the performance uh, on that. So that's a technology shift to infrared. So in in smart buildings, Environments is an IoT integration company. And we're working with a lot of different control manufacturers, Signify included. And we have a lot of wireless devices. And some of them are on a Zigbee channel. Some of them use Bluetooth. Uh, we even have a few that are on cellular networks and just traditional Wi-Fi. If you have a building full of all of these wireless devices all trying to communicate with one another, does that create any crowding or latency? And would that affect the Li-Fi signal or the Wi-Fi signal for that matter? It, it cannot affect the Li-Fi signal, so we are in a, such a different spectrum. Yeah, we cannot see it, we cannot, and we will not affect uh, anything else. If you look at the different technologies you mentioned, like Zigbee or, or Bluetooth, it uh, depends how close they are in terms of frequency to the Wi-Fi band. Uh, you have all these different protocols. Just some extreme example, if you have a LoRa, for instance, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with this low long-range uh, data communication. Now, the fre frequency is way out of the area of Wi-Fi, so they will not interfere with each other. But, of course, devices, any device creates some sort of noise. <clears throat> and in therefore, if you have a lot of devices together into one building, yeah, there is a certain noise level which could cause disturbances on, uh, on networks. 
Um, and that's what we often see with Wi-Fi as well. People say, yeah, I can improve my Wi-Fi by adding, for instance, a lot of routers to it. I will just add another router. But each router will create a certain noise level. And if you yeah. add enough routers, you have so much noise that basically communication becomes difficult. So it is kind of an, I'm not saying, it's, it's very good technology, but it has its limitations. Now, in all the applications where line of sight is difficult, then radio is a much better solution. So if you look at, uh, uh, we did corporations with big telco, uh, telecommunication companies with 5G and Li-Fi. Now, 5G is perfect for outdoors and long range, uh, but I, 5G is not so good for indoors or when there are other disturbances. So, so if you have both at the same time, you have uh, the short-term reliable signal, but you also have the long range um, uh, radio signal combined into one device, I think you can get the best of both worlds. Yeah, you mentioned 5G, and I have heard that it's difficult to get the 5G signal indoors. You're, yeah. you're, you're kind of positioning yourself as complementary to 5G. Yeah. So what, what, what makes it such a good fit? Why, why can these two technologies work together so well? Now, both have uh, some aspects are the same. So the latency, so the delay in the signal of 5G is really low. Uh, same mm -hmm. as with Li-Fi. The speeds we can reach, uh, I think, are comparable. Uh, also, 5G is not super long range. Uh, so it has a lot of aspects which looks the same. But uh, as, as I mentioned, we do not have any problems with disturbance. And 5G doesn't have any problems with maybe going around a corner. So in that sense... Um, we could foresee devices, and that's what we tested, where the t device is, is simultaneously connected to 5G and Li-Fi. And if 5G drops for whatever reason, you have Li-Fi or the other way around. And if both are on, you know, we reach speeds of 1.5 gigabit to a laptop. So you have superpower basically to your, to your laptop. Now, how these technologies in the future will work together depends also how manufacturers make their devices. Because currently, I don't know if you noticed that, but your phone is not capable of connecting to, for instance, Wi-Fi and 4G at the same time. It will switch, which sometimes is annoying. Eh? You lost your Wi-Fi signal, but you're not yet on the 4G signal. Now, right. these devices, therefore, also need to sort of, the architecture needs to change a little bit to accommodate multiple networks at the same time. Um, right. So in this world, we see Wi-Fi playing a role. But we definitely also see the radio playing a role. So right. uh, that's, uh, again, the complementary technologies. Sure. And now speaking of devices, the true Li-Fi that I'm set to test out is going to require a little USB-powered infrared receiver. And that's, that's cool, but I'm wondering, are there going to be future manufacturers of computers and phones and all that that are going to have a little built-in IR receiver that will read true Li-Fi? Do you think that's in the future? Well, for, one th for starters, one thing is happening already. So I give you the example of uh, AR and VR. We work with a company called Vuzix, and they supply these, uh, apply these, uh, these goggles for repair and maintenance. So people wear them every day usually integrated with a hard head, you know, for safety. And that is where we um, basically take our USB access key um, and see if we can redesign the components in such a way that it's neatly tucked away into the device, in, into the AR device. So in that sense, this is happening already. And of course, the holy grail is, is to become part of your laptop and become part of your phone. Now that's step by step. 
Uh, the good news is that we are talking and engaging, cooperating with those companies to see how would this be done. Uh, what kind of chipset should be needed? How are we dealing with the optics? And of course, yeah, in the end, yeah, I, my phone compared to uh, your USB stick or key which you used, yeah, put it next to your phone. You see, we have some work to do to make it smaller. Um, yeah. But this is happening. Huh? So you have to, this needs to go into the phone. Um, so, um, but we see a lot of pull from that market as well. So it's not only us going out there and saying, hey, would you please put Li-Fi into your phone? We see those companies approaching us proactively and say, hey, we want to go into a co-development process to see how we can do this. So I have good hopes. Of course, when we had Wi-Fi for the first time, and we're talking about the uh, 90s, basically, when Wi-Fi came, everybody had a USB key. Because, yeah, Wi-Fi was not integrated into your laptop. Only after 2000, it started to become a part of your laptop. Um, So I would say almost all technology starts like this. eh? If I look at my laptop now, which is not really a fancy one, but I have put a SIM card in there. There's Bluetooth in there. There's Wi-Fi in there. But that process takes uh, a while. In the meantime, we will make this USB key smaller. We will find solutions to make a nicer add-on to your laptop. And, and yeah, see how we can, let's say, stimulate that market. And Wi-Fi took a long time, 15 years before the laptop, first laptop with Wi-Fi came after the invention of Wi-Fi. So now we expect that for Wi-Fi, it will go much faster. And of course, it's to be seen how fast we can make this happen. But well, that's I'm where we're going to be. that there are yeah. plans. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about a job. I was reading LinkedIn, I, the headlines. I didn't get a chance to read the piece, but I saw that LiFi was installed recently at The Hague, and yep. it was a pretty big project. And what drew them to LiFi, and how's it going? So, again, it's so it's the World Forum in The Hague, and basically they host, which is really normal, like music or theater, evenings, venues, uh, but they do meetings for governments and government bodies as well. Think about the uh, national governments, think about uh, the UN, for instance, and they have the right to meet, right, even under COVID circumstances. So they had to innovate there, uh, basically having people there at the same time and having people online, so hybrid, uh, hybrid events. They're always concerned with safety because, you know, they want people to speak their minds, feel safe and do their work properly. They learn about Li-Fi and basically, again, this is complementary to their service because Li-Fi enables them to give people the physical layer of security to do their work without you know, uh, having, having the fear of, well, if, if, for instance, something radio leaks out of the building, can somebody else pick this up, for instance? So safety, security, that is the, uh, that were the main reasons for uh, to pick up Li-Fi there. I wanted to ask you a question about the cost of the system as of right now compared to your typical network, Wi-Fi, or, or anything else, um, you know, wired infrastructure. Because, forgive the frank question. Oh, but... no, no, that's not a problem. In the end, uh, um, it's, it's also for me not a sensitive topic. Today, if you look at what Li-Fi compared to Wi-Fi, for instance, you're looking at five, six times more expensive to have Li-Fi compared to Wi-Fi. And... Um, I think everybody industrializing products understand that it has to do with scale and it has to do with the exception of the technology and and, and, and it's a new product, so everything is new. But I also believe that Li-Fi will remain more expensive than Wi-Fi. We need more components. We also offer a specific value, which is not interesting for everyone. So 
let's say today if if i have uh, if i would build a new building uh, a new office building i would make sure that i have wi-fi everywhere uh, i have my phones i have my laptops devices etc but in specific areas for instance an area where people um, uh, a hotspot kind of environment i want to make sure i have a steady connection uh, i have an important customer call or i need to do huge uploads of files you go to your li-fi area where you have that performance on the same hand you have an, maybe a department treasury or a department who deals with uh, mergers and acquisitions or your ceo says okay i'm dealing with sensitive information i want to keep my information in my personal bubble i don't want to be in the public network now these applications are quite common so what i foresee at the coming years is that Besides maybe some governmental buildings where we do actually the whole floor and all the meeting rooms, etc., um, I would expect that the typical building has a couple of Li-Fi hotspots, a couple of Li-Fi rooms, um, and in that they contain the information or offer that specific uh, performance. And then the price per square meter or square feet in the U.S. Um, is less relevant because I have a certain task or a certain function for that uh, for that space. And I think then the costs are relatively okay today. Good. I'm thinking of Li-Fi kind of similar to the security of plugging in your computer via Ethernet. Is that a safe comparison? Absolutely. Um, uh, that is indeed, you need to be physically in the space. Uh, yep. uh, that, in that sense, that's already a big hurdle. You need to uh, plug in something, which we also, of course, also do with the USB key. Um, however, what we see is that there's there's not enough connections. Uh, the, the cables are, let's say the RG45s are not made to be connected every now and then. You see that laptops mm -hmm. are no longer fit out with those connections even. That's um, true. So it becomes less and less common to use that technology. But in terms of security level, um, it's absolutely comparable. That's cool. So it doesn't sound like Li-Fi is going to replace Wi-Fi totally, at least not in the near term, but it looks like maybe it could replace the uh, rj45 jack which uh <laughs> i gotta say my laptop i just got it it doesn't have one <laughs> it doesn't um, have one yeah. you need to get an adapter for it so yeah. that's really interesting now what we're doing actually maybe as an example if i may in in belgium we have a project where the customer normally has wi-fi and cabled or connected uh, rj45 ports now in their new setup they want to have cable of uh, wi-fi and li-fi next to each other so they offer an alternative people can connect to that high-speed secure environment but they don't have to put the whole infrastructure of all those cables to the desk so they believe that they even have a cost advantage of having li-fi compared to an rj45 network now we'll have to see in practice i think we will be on par somewhere but it then becomes also, from a cost perspective, quite interesting to move to LIFA. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation with both of you gentlemen. I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, leave with the audience before, uh, before you sign off? No, maybe uh, you mentioned the project in The Hague. I think currently we did somewhere between 150 and 200 installs globally at uh, several government institutions we did military as well in several countries of course we cannot reveal which ones banks uh, doing offices so now what we see is that this technology is really going into the next phase beyond piloting left and right we see uh, on a daily business new projects coming up the projects are scaling so in that sense it's, it's, it's good to share that the technology becomes mature 
also in terms of standardization and acceptance by uh, by bigger companies like the big ICT companies whom we are all basically linked to. So in that sense, it's no longer, hey, this is cool, niche kind of thingy. It's becoming really a global technology which is available. Very good. Well, thank you, gentlemen, both very much for coming on the show. Good. Thanks for having us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Philip. You too. Next time. Bye-bye. So after hearing about the strides LiFi has made since my experience at Lightfair four years ago, I had to try it out. So I went to the Baltimore headquarters of Environments and Lighting Environments, which I might add is fast becoming a great place to witness and experience technology for smart buildings. They had installed the True Li-Fi in the conference room so that people could test it out. So the True Li-Fi system isn't actually a light fixture at all. Rather, they're roughly six-inch black bars that blended quite nicely with our dark ceiling in the conference room. The two black bars covered the conference room table uniformly, which makes it perfect for multiple users. Now, in order to use the True Li-Fi, you need to install a driver on your computer and you need an IR receptacle that's plugged in by a USB. It's on a cord and the cord is about three feet long and the device itself looks a little bulky but it is lightweight and mobile. It kind of reminds me of the size of one of those old flip phones that we used to carry around back in 2000, not in the 1980s of course, those are huge phones. I tested the network speed and I got about 120 megabits per second download and 80 megabits per second upload. And that was the speed of the particular network I was on, and it is not the upper limit of what Li-Fi can do. Uh, this would be about the same as if I were wired into this network via a Cat5 or Cat5e cable. In fact, ping, latency, and upload and download speed would be about the same as on a wired network up until that 200 megabits per second, which then you'll start to see the speed of a wired system go a lot faster. But that is temporary, and as, as you heard from Ed and Floris, you will see speeds breaking the gigabit per second speed with Li-Fi soon. Under this Li-Fi connection, I was able to do several types of work, including a 30-minute Zoom meeting, totally uninterrupted. The biggest benefit of Li-Fi over Wi-Fi is, of course, the enhanced security, which is something that I didn't really notice, because that's not something you notice on the internet, is it? All in all, I think that Signify's true Li-Fi solution is best in spaces where you need high security and yet you still want to move around a room unencumbered by a network cable. And of course, one thing that we've neglected to talk about is the aesthetic of the Cat5 cable itself. Let's face it, they aren't really beautiful, and too many wires in a space can mar an otherwise clean aesthetic. For this reason, I could see this Li-Fi solution working really well in the big boss's office, where security is important, but the aesthetics are as well. The greatest success that we've had in true Li-Fi is in military and government spaces where security is key and Wi-Fi is just not secure enough of a solution. So there you have it. Maybe Li-Fi is the perfect solution for your new smart building. Or maybe there are other smart building solutions that are even more important for your business. When navigating all of these technologies, 
It's good to have a consultant and designer at your disposal. So we hope that you'll learn more about us at www.environments.tech or reach out to us at hello at environments.tech. As usual, if you find this subject interesting, please subscribe to our podcasts on Apple or Spotify or share it with your friend or business colleague. And remember, we're here to help you. I look forward to speaking with you next time. I'm Phil Ruane from the Elevated Environments Podcast, saying goodbye.